bring it in. Hey, how we doing? Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. I want to thank you all for being here. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. What's up? Raise your glasses. Cheers. Here we are. Fade this out. Pull that microphone up a little bit closer to your face. Because nobody wants to hear me talk. Uh, you're my guest. Okay, okay, hold on. We'll figure this out. I'm just gonna put it in my mouth. Hey, I mean, <laughs> this is my girlfriend. So hey, Hi. how are we doing? <laughs> How's everybody doing today? Happy Friday. Really happy to be here. Just want to check in with everyone. Let you all know that I'm doing well. We're doing good. We got some pizza before we came here we at did. my favorite pizza place, Badamos. It's best pizza in the city my opinion, but I'm not going to fight about it. I want everybody to do what they want to do with their lives, regardless if you're a, a Badamas fan, a Minios fan, whatever. And today's podcast is actually about doing what you want to do with your life. For those of you who aren't familiar with my show, it primarily revolves around music, arts, and entertainment in Pittsburgh and the area around us. And today I'm joined by my lovely girlfriend, Stacy, And we're going to have a conversation today about following your dreams, pursuing your passions, and figuring out why this person next to me did what she did. And for those of you that don't know Stacy, she is one year into being a artist. Gross. One year ago, Stacy quit her job being the store manager at a retail outlet called Hot Topic. Yeah. <laughs> and today, me and Stacy are going to chat about, you know, when when enough is enough, and you know, maybe taking a cut to do something better for yourself in your life, regardless of you know, money, living comfortably, you know, taking that chance taking the risk, what somebody does, why they do that, and those sorts of things. So, Stacy, let's start with your background. All right. In terms of what are you doing now? And then we'll get into how you got there. Okay. So, currently, I have been with an online company called New Moon Beginnings for about a year, um, this month, actually. Um, would be my year anniversary. Um, we sell aromatherapy products and um, the crystal crystal stuff. Um, I also teach at an art studio on the weekends um, called Little House Big Art and um, host like open studios, but I also teach like pottery lessons and like terrarium building. And I started my own business at the beginning of this year too, um, selling some of my pottery and some reeds that I make with um, like found objects. Um, cool. And as I had mentioned before, you were prior to this, a store manager at Hot Topic. And me and Stacy have been living together now for going on close to three years. And whenever 
me and Stacy started dating, you were working at Hot Topic. Mm -hmm. And Stacy was very, very miserable. You would come home all the time, always, you know, complaining about your staffing, your boss, all of those things. And you also never had the time to do anything creative outside of that. Granted, it was a job that paid well. You had your health benefits and technically you were taken care of, but like mentally it just wasn't there. It what was, like was that? It was a lot like that. That, that, was, that was my soul screaming. <laughs> so let's get into the hot topic thing a bit. Um, you know, how long were you working with that company? <clears throat> um, I was with Hot Topic for about three years. Um, I started there after working at a comic book shop too. Um, and doing like other creative stuff. Um, I traveled with a magician for a time. Yeah, um, let's get into that. I, 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 did, I, I did a lot of fun jobs. Um, yeah, prior to Hot Topics, Stacy was touring with a, magi a magician, mm -hmm. working in a comic book shop, modeling, and still do doing art stuff before yeah. the, 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 the air quote opportunity of, you know, a career in retail management came about. Let's talk about the magician stuff, though. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not allowed to say much. I'm under a contract of secrecy, so... Copperfield? No. <laughs> not Copperfield. Was it Joe? It was Toddy. I'm sorry. It was. It was. It was all Toddy. No, it wasn't. <laughs> but, yeah, I got to see a lot of the country with him. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the places that we traveled to i only got to see like the inside of theaters for 16 hours a day um but i learned a lot of things from that experience um i also got to go to canada and got my passport for that reason and everything um to go to those different places had a lot of like really fun experiences with um customs getting through the border um them stealing my candy out of my bag during a search. Wait, Canadian Kit Kats? No. Oh. They, I w we were coming into Canada and they, they decided to do a random search. Um, and they wanted to like basically make sure that we didn't have any merch on our, on our truck. Um, because we said that we weren't crossing over to like sell anything. Um, like Kit Kats? Like Kit Kats. No, but I, um, I, Every time we would travel, I would bring like snacks or something so that I could like, you know, obviously snack because we were going to be in the car for hours and hours and hours snacking and napping. Um, well, we were crossing the border and they did the search and I we got back in. All of our stuff obviously was like thrown around and I went and looked in my bag. They tried to put it back so that it looked like nothing was moved or anything, but my candy was gone. <laughs> they took my gummies. <laughs> Boo. So with all of those things that were under your belt, you know, you get this opportunity to become a store manager, right? At, at Hot Topic. Um, what was this, the decision-making in taking that job? Because you knew obviously it was going to be like a very full-time, very time-consuming thing. Yeah. Um, well, I was working, like I said, I was working at the comic shop. I was like a part-time 
key opener manager there. Um, like a, yeah, like a key holder manager. Um, and like there was really wasn't much room for growth. Um, it was kind of one of those situations where I was like the only girl in a very male dominant, uh, situation. So there were some like weird miscommunication type of ordeals and things. Um, on top of just like, it, it was, it was mostly just like the, the whole like room for growth and being passed up for opportunities because it felt like because I was a girl. Um, but that's like a whole other scenario there. Um, so I decided that I was going to seek another opportunity in order to do something better for myself um, and grow into like a higher position and still be in like a pop culture atmosphere because um, that's what I was interested in. Um, I like comic books. I like music. Um, my dad growing up or growing up with my dad, he was like a huge like 80s metal fan. So 80s Christian um, metal. Yeah. <laughs> I have his cassettes. Yeah. Um, I do. I have so much Striper. And his, his favorite his favorite bands were like Kiss and Bride. Um, so, and like Iron Maiden. So I grew up listening to that stuff. Um, so Hot Topic seemed like it was like a good fit. Um, yeah. Now with, you know, being in the company like... How long were you working in that environment before it started to feel tense? Like, what was the change? Um, I was working there for about two years before I became a manager, like a, the actual store manager, um, working my way um, from just being a key manager there. Um, things were pretty chill for a good while. And then um, it kind of turned into a weird thing where I was transferring stores. Um, a little bit before that, I worked at Century Three Mall. So um, right. just that atmosphere and trying to staff, it was a little bit difficult because people would come in and they would ask for jobs, but a lot of people that were applying were kids and we were looking for like manager types who were going to be able to um, wield keys um, and be able to like run the store and make decisions and everything. And a lot of the, a lot of the people that were, because they were um, too young, like I wasn't able to bring certain people on, um, but then whenever I would, they would leave us for better opportunities. So for a little while I had some of that juggling and trying to find things, um, somebody who would fit. Um, it always seemed like such a nightmare position to be in from my perspective, yeah. like, because I would most people that somebody. apply for jobs at Hot Topic are the people that are applying there because they can't get a job anywhere else because they just want a job where they can like fuck off. Yeah. But like you need to actually like it's still like it's it's literally the same as if you're applying at, you know, uh, Hollister or any other yeah. retail store. It doesn't matter. You still have to do your job. You still have to fold T-shirts. I'm sorry. Yeah. And put out regard stock. Regardless of like. And you still have to have an even drawer and you still have to like make sure that certain tasks are done on certain days and you have a certain time limit and everything. So, I mean, 
if you don't get that done, then it falls on somebody else. And that somebody else for the longest time was me. And like, there was multiple times when like, you were always working late, working off the clock, going in on days when you weren't supposed to be there. We couldn't go out of town without you having to be on the phone to fix situations. It was a, a problem. Yeah. It was. Yeah. So when did you realize that it was like, something that you were going to have to get out of this regardless of like whether it was going to be like, you know, taking a pay cut and, you know, saying, fuck it. The thing that really threw me over the edge, I had just um, transferred stores. Um, I took, took on a bigger store because um, I was projected to um, be successful in that environment. I was depressed and wanted to get out of century three Um, just because like that, that, well, I mean, that was the mall that I grew up in. I loved it. Um, but at the same time, seeing it kind of diminishing the way it was and like the slow progress and everybody like coming in, like, when are you guys closing? Um, it really like hit me hard. Um, and it was really depressing for me. So I like told my boss like, Hey, so like, I really like have some personal things going on here. Um, I just re- like left a relationship that was like long term and had to find a new place to live. Um, on top of like everything else that was going on, so like I really needed something for myself to really kind of like boost my morale. Um, and um, then like whenever I switched stores, I also switched districts. So this new district manager, he seemed like he was totally fine. Everything was totally cool for a little while. Um, I got into my new store, um, started talking with the staff and everything. And it just seemed like as soon as I started to kind of change things for the better, like markdowns that hadn't been taken care of in a long time, um, like months and months worth um, of markdowns. I was taking them off the racks and having them finally mark them down reorganizing of the stock room because everything was just a mess. The store like hadn't been with a manager for over a month from what I was told. And um, the manager that was there previously, like she basically was doing everything herself too. So um, there was just a lot of that. And it seemed like anytime I would go to try to do something, the, staff that I had would retaliate and go and tell my district manager that I asked them to do something. And so it would fall back on my shoulders. Um, it kind of got to a point where everybody kind of left me and I completely restaffed the entire place was starting to feel really good because we were starting to show on our numbers. And I was finally starting to feel like that store was mine, but I was going through a lot of like really difficult times, um, still juggling between places. Brian and I um, were like still pretty new in our relationship. Um, My dad was having serious health problems. And like um, later in that year, I actually, I lost him and he was like, my dad was my best friend. Um, so losing him was really hard. Um, and 
like during the time that he was sick and everything, I would have to take time off of work. Um, I had FMLA for uh, like uh, paperwork and stuff, the forms filled out and sent in and everything. But um, because I had to take him to doctor's appointments and chemo treatment and um, there was one point in time where I had taken my dad to a doctor's appointment, but the doctor's appointment had been changed until a little bit later in the day. And I called my boss and was just like, Hey, there was a miscommunication. I'm really sorry, but I'm not going to be able to make it in for my shift tonight. Um, my dad's appointment was changed and he forgot to tell me because he wasn't completely with it because of different medications and stuff that they had him on. And, um, like there was actually like a serious argument, um, not necessarily like an understanding thing at all where he was like refusing to bring in another manager to close the store. Um, and like just all of this weird stuff, um, saying that like the, the kids in my store have lives too, um, and that they're young and basically just making me feel like it, what I had going on didn't matter. Meanwhile, like the person who's most important to me needed me. I told him that I would be there. So at the end of it, I wound up being telling him that like he needed to find a new store manager if he couldn't find somebody to close my store. So he did. Um, um, but that was kind of the moment that I was just like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. Um, I stuck it out for a while longer. Um, it was like, what, maybe two months after that, that like that my dad had passed. Um, it was early in October, two days after my birthday. Um, and I like I had that week off already just because I wanted to spend that time with him and Brian and I had plans, um, to go do things and celebrate, but never in a million years would I have thought the two days after my 26th birthday that I would have lost my dad. So I didn't go back to work. I stayed out of work for the two weeks of my FMLA, um, in my bereavement. And I just, I told them that I couldn't come back for like two more weeks until I could get my head back together. And I gave it another shot. Um, I stuck it out through the new year, um, got through the holiday season and everything. And again, was starting to feel really good about it um, because we made it through the holiday. We made bonus that uh, those couple of months that we were, that I was back at it. Um, but like this whole time there were still struggles and like my, my boss beating me down, telling me I wasn't good enough and what I wasn't doing wasn't enough or what I was doing wasn't enough. Um, and that I wasn't e equating to company standards. Um, meanwhile, like higher ups were like asking my opinion on different things and like, were actually making me feel like I belonged there. So I was just like, well, what do I do in this situation? And in my mind, like people don't work for companies, people work for people. So if this is the person that I'm going to work directly under, I don't know that I want to. Um, New Year's, they gave us a little bit of time off just 
because we made it through the through the holiday. Um, everyone in that district had, or every every store manager in that district had New Year's weekend off, um, and there was inventory coming up. So there was also like a inventory prep sheet that was supposed to be filled out, and um, I got back and everything that I had asked my team to do while I was gone, like not even two days. I had to come back and do because nobody did anything on that sheet. Nobody signed off on it. Nobody, nobody did anything. Nobody lifted a finger and nobody called me. Um, so I immediately got on the phone with my boss and I was just like, well, what do I do? Like, what, what can I do? Um, like, are there disciplinary actions that I can take to remedy this? Because this is like, we're, we're going to be behind four days of work because I was out for two and nobody did anything. Um, and he basically told me that I wasn't allowed to do anything and that if the work wasn't done, that I was getting written up for not checking in with my team. Meanwhile, I was supposed to be taking time off. So it was like a lot of build of that too. Um, that week I woke my, I worked myself into a panic attack, um, started to worry about my health because I worked to a point where I got a nosebleed and couldn't breathe. Um, I left, went to the emergency room, had a couple of things checked out, um, and my doctor told me that I shouldn't go back to work for a couple of days until I could feel better. And I like was re reluctant to do that because inventory and, um, then finally was just like, well, I mean, if it's doctor mandated, I have the, ex my written excuse and everything, this is fine. So I called and I, um, had my paperwork and everything. And I told my boss like, Hey, so my doctor said that I should not come to work for a couple of days because I had a panic attack and he like refused to hear it. Um, and told me that it was like mandatory that I was there. Um, so, I mean, I went over his head and I went to like human resources and I talked to our regional director as well about that situation and they're just things kind of got a little bit better after that. Um, I took the time off of work that I needed and, um, just continued to try to make it work and just couldn't, I kept falling short. Um, And then there just was a few more months of that where I would like, I was short staffed for a little bit too. Um, I was trying to bring in team members and I would like train somebody. They'd last like the two weeks of training and then find a better opportunity because we couldn't pay them as much as they, they needed. Um, there were, God, there were situations where like I would have to do a store set and uh, I got stuck there until four o'clock in the morning. Um, there was one time that um, my district or my district manager was coming in with my regional 
And I literally stayed until four o'clock in the morning because nobody in my store lifted a finger the entire like week to straighten t-shirts and stuff. And because my regional director was coming in, like I was scared for my store. Um, So I stayed and straightened the entire store myself and then went back eight o'clock in the morning to make sure that everything was like final touches were made and it was perfect for him whenever he got there. Um, um, so like a lot of, a lot of that, I finally just kind of broke and came home. It was just like, Brian, I'm quitting my job. I can't, I was exhausted. And I was like, fucking cool. Cause I'm tired of hearing you talk about this shit. <laughs> it was rough. It was really, really rough because, you know, somebody, you know, when I met Stacy, it was before she had became a store manager and there was, you know, all this life in her that I literally like saw in real time, just sucked out through, you know, being in this work environment that she was in. And it was every day. It was a different thing that I was trying to talk her through. And also on top of that, as we're talking through all these problems, it's like less of the art stuff's going away. You know what I mean? It's like, there's no time for this moving away from this and that. And it's cool that, Hey, you know, we have all of this money, but like, it's like constantly miserable. So it's yeah. like, what is the price that you put on your like mental well being versus just like, Oh, well, like I have a good job, but I'm treated like shit, you know? So whenever you finally decided to leave, it was really, really, it was refreshing. So I was just tired of hearing about the people at your fucking job. Like it was obnoxious hearing about it. And you became a lot happier. So let's move on to the happy part of this podcast (laughs) with everything that you are doing now. And, you know, looking back one year and some change, how things have changed for you personally in your headspace and where you're at. Um, yeah, after I finally left, um, I took like two weeks just to kind of chill out, um, looked for jobs. Um, cause obviously I didn't have anything like lined up or anything. I was banking on just staying and trying to wait it out more. Um, yeah, I mean like there was no backup plan. No, to, there like, really wasn't. She really just <laughs> left. I just, I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, so yeah, I just, I took two weeks, um, thought about it, applied for several different jobs, a couple of them that I just didn't think of or think would work out at all. And then there were some that I, that seemed kind of promising. Um, I applied to a a few florists because I was just like, okay, well, I need something that I'm going to be like, have like a creative outlet because that's what I'm passionate about. But I also want to try something new. Um, so I didn't get the position at the florist, um, but I did about a week after I had that interview, have the interview with New Moon. Um, it was a phone interview and it was super weird whenever I first picked up the phone because she was like such a cute little voice. And the first question she asked me was, how do you feel about dogs? (laughs) 
<laughs> Immediately, I was just like, I was just like, I love them. Why? She's just like, how do you feel about big dogs? I was just like, more to love. Um, and like, it was, it was breezy from there on. Um, she asked me a few questions about my background. Um, as far as like what my, what, what I, what I could do. Um, it was an online retail, um, experience. Um, she had been running the, her business for four years by herself. Um, she was transitioning from just a small Etsy shop to a, her very own website. Um, and whenever I was like reading through everything, I didn't have any clue like what I was looking at. Um, it's and crazy. Like the the company that she works yeah. for, it's such a small operation. And how many well, orders do I you mean, guys a do? Lot of, a lot of people, whenever they think Etsy, they're just like, oh, well, whatever. It's a small shop. We get upwards of like 100 orders a day. Um, so my job is to go in and we just we work out of her basement. So the reason why she was asking me if I liked dogs is because she has a German Shepherd and she has like a bo a boxer beagle mix um who has my whole heart. Um I absolutely love this dog and Brian probably is so sick of hearing about her. I would much so rather amazing. hear about the dogs than your shitty hot topic employees. So amazing. I will take them forever. <laughs> I take I take five minute snuggle breaks to to snuggle the dogs because you have to. Um, but she was right. Um, <laughs> so um, she was looking for she was looking for help because not only was like her business getting way too much for her to handle by herself, but she was also like seven months pregnant and like about to pop any minute. And, um, it just felt like a really good opportunity. So we had the phone interview. We met like that following Tuesday. It was like, a, it was a couple of days later, um, down at the Galleria mall and just kind of like talked about a few things just because she wanted to vibe it out and make sure that it was going to be a good fit. And she hired me on the spot. Um, in, in addition to that, um, Little House Big Art. Um, the owner of that studio, I've known her for about 10 years now. Um, for a little while, she worked at the comic book shop with me. And um, I've, I've known her since she, since she, about since she's a, she has had the studio. Um, but I hadn't like frequented very often because, um, I just, I lived too far away at the time, but now that I live like 10 minutes away, just kind of happened one day that she like posted something on Instagram that she was having an open studio and that she was going to be around. So, um, I was just like, okay, I'm going to pop by just to hang out. Um, and she had like a lot of people in that day. So I went in, um, just to hang out with her, say hi and because she had so many people, I wound up actually kind of like getting my hands in there and helping her out a lot. So whenever everybody left, she and I were cleaning up and I, she just like looks at me and she's just like, you should do this. Um, she runs, she helps to run a, um, a sleepaway camp um, in New York 
and she goes away for like five months out of the year. So she's just like, who, who better than you to help run the studio while I'm away. So that's how I got into doing that. Um, the whole pottery thing. Um, she was worried that she was going to be, she was going to have to like close those classes down last summer. Um, because she didn't know anybody that could do it. And I was just like, um, I used to do that in high school. So I brushed up my skills and now I do that, um, on like a schedule, uh, scheduling basis. Like if somebody wants to learn, then they can just click a link on the website and it shows my availability. Um, and I love it. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, the whole point that I'm trying to make with this conversation with you and that I want to get across to everybody this is like, I've worked in jobs that I've hated as well. And the whole reason why I work where I work now is just through a chance encounter, talking to people, an opportunity landing on my doorstep and me taking a chance. And I think that's kind of the same thing that happened with you as well. And I think that it's really important for everybody to you know, just keep your eye on the ball, like regardless of, actually, I, I didn't even mention this to you, but I ran into somebody I went to high school with downtown yesterday that I hadn't seen since high school. And like, she was all like, Hey, like I see you on Facebook and you're doing what you like. And that's fun. I'm just here working this job that I hate. And I was just like, that's like really miserable that you said that. And I understand like, it really sucks sometimes whenever you're in this position, especially as you get older, where you have all of these financial responsibilities and it's very, very complicated. It can be, but I think regardless, we all have a lot of time that we kind of, you know, we put into things that aren't, you know, that important. And I think just to keep your eyes out for opportunities, like the opportunities are there if you look for them, regardless of like, I mean, you found the new moon job just on Craigslist of all yeah. places, right? Like I would, who, who finds good jobs on Craigslist? <laughs> you got one too? Yeah. Nice. I, I actually can uh, give a whole, the story that uh, Stacy's telling is very, very close to a story that I have in my life where I was manager of a, of a uh, restaurant supply house and place absolutely killed me until uh, my grandmother was on her deathbed. I couldn't get off that night to see her. And I actually had a manager say to me, quote unquote, do you happen to have a time frame on when you think she's going to pass? What? <clears throat> Damn. Yeah, I used to get that too. Ah! Yeah, and uh, it took, I, whenever that happened, I'm like, I gotta find a new place, and I found myself a a uh, a job. Surprisingly, fits uh, fit my pop culture sensibilities. I actually got in a job with uh, ADCs.com, the uh, the t-shirt retailer. Yeah. And uh, I said I could come in on Saturday, but I have to I have to quit my job. And he was like, "Sure, we can do this." And so. I, under the guise that I was going to be there all weekend for a store reset, I was there Friday. I worked my whole shift telling my, my associates that I'm going to be, I'm going to be quitting. You want to watch this. <laughs> I didn't tell my managers. I was telling my, uh, my good customers, 
like, I apologize, I'm not going to be here anymore, but it's been a pleasure being your, being here to help you out, which I thought a lot of people appreciated. And so, <laughs> five o'clock hits, I give my keys and I say, well, I'm done. Goodbye. I quit. And walk out. And I just hear the manager behind me just screaming like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, I quit. Bye. <laughs> Did it turn into Salisbury Hill by Peter Gabriel? <laughs> yes! <laughs> I wish. That would have been grand. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, but I left someplace that was absolutely destroying my soul for a job that appreciated my pop culture sensibilities and gave me a chance to excel. And I, I was there for five years until I had to make another different big change in my life. Totally. Like, I think that, you know, it's a cliche, but I definitely think it's really, really overlooked how important, like, your just mental health and personal sense of just happiness is. Because, like, even something as simple as, like, her shitty boss made my life more miserable and I wasn't even getting paid by the motherfucker. <laughs> so, it's just like, you know... You got to be able to take care of yourself to be able to take care of the people around you. And I don't think that there's like a dollar value in the world that you could put on like happiness. So I'm really proud of Stacy for doing everything she's done. And I think that's pretty much just going to be it. I don't even know how much time I have, but I think that's plenty enough. I have eight minutes. Yeah. Okay, I worked retail for 10 years. I completely connect with everything that you're fucking saying. And I was, after working a time as manager, as old as fuck as I was at that time, at 25, I decided to quit and go with it. And now I'm making six fucking figures and living a much better fucking life. Cool. So, okay. Wait, what? I how much like, did you put him into? Working, <laughs> <laughs> working, baby girl. Over ten years in retail, like you, unless you've like legitimately put in time in that industry, the fucked up thing about that industry is it will take as much as you give. Oh. And if you're a person that gives and gives, there's no getting back. It will eat you alive. You always have this here, here. feeling of you're replaceable. But if you're like the type of empathetic person, if you're the type, and a lot of creative people are, that's what the fucked up thing about being a creative and an artistic person, being in that atmosphere, is being creative and artistic, you're always wanting to give and create and- it, And find solutions yeah, where there isn't one. Way, like make yeah. the world a better place, but that's such a predatory atmosphere because it will just eat that away from you. And like literally spending 10 years in that shit, it took a lot to just snap me out of it and just be like, hey, what's the difference between me and this motherfucker that's like shirking me and treating me like shit because he has a couple G's to spend on a TV? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Only a college degree and let me go ahead and get that. And I think it's like even more important for people that like the artistic thing is great, yes. If you have something that you want to produce and get out there, but if you're not, even if you're, you know, that the other side of the brain, like get a fucking education. I grew up in the hood. It was not something that was promoted to me. 
it took like literally 10 years of people shitting on me to get my ass in gear. But I totally 100% feel where you're coming from. And I'm super proud of you. Follow your dreams, posers. (laughs) And uh, that's going to be it. Also, don't hold monetary value over your happiness. You can have both, by the way. Yeah, totally. (laughs) 